The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Good afternoon. Welcome to the other page. Glad to be here. This is Haywood Fennell. We're at WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. We are happy to be here in the community with the news, not the blues. Here today sharing what he's been doing and what he is doing and what he has done in the community for some time is my friend. Law Wall. Hey, Law, welcome. Hey. Good afternoon, Brother Haywood. Glad to see you here, brother. Glad just to be gonna, seen. Just going to touch up on the veterans, and then we'll be right back. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans, Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. We're back again, folks, and like I said earlier, we got some news on how we can deal with some of the issues that have been plaguing our community and the people that live in the community for quite some time. You know, we look at um, our situation, especially when we look at the court system and how it works for black and poor people. And so one of the reasons that Lowell Ward is here today to talk a little bit about breaking the law and changing the law. Breaking the law and changing the law is an initiative about how we look at criminal offenders record identification, commonly called the Corey Law. And Corey is a sad story. And what we want to try to do here on the other page radio is to begin to talk about it, plan about it, and do something to change the paradigm because it's almost like having a person's foot on your neck and you can't breathe. I know you heard something like that before out there in Wisconsin, Minnesota, I'm sorry, George Floyd situation, police officer convicted for murder, and we need to get that foot off our necks when it comes to Corey. So Lowell is here again, like I said, to talk about from breaking the law to changing the law. Lowell, Lowell tell us a little bit about what's good, going on. Good afternoon, Brother Haywood, and thank you for having me again today. I'm fortunate to be your guest. Yeah, um, what, what, what I'm currently involved in is trying to um, either modify the Corey law or abolish it outright because it is destroying individuals that have and had any encounters with the criminal justice system um, that have been convicted of a felony um, that 
are now trying to change their life around. Right. We got brothers and sisters out there that have been free from breaking the law, free from arrest for years and years, brother, and they're still being affected by a Corey. And it's it is it, and, and that's totally unfair and it's cruel and unusual punishment, brother. The Corey law prevents us from gaining a, a, a decent job, from getting good housing, from obtaining professional licenses that might aid us uh, with employment, uh, with building, with moving forward. The Corey is an obstacle that prevents people like me. People like me from being a full citizen, taking advantages of the full resources that the Commonwealth of Massachusetts has to offer. We cannot access none of this as long as we have a Corey. Because what the Corey does is acts as an obstacle. Once, mm -hmm. the, once it is discovered that you have a Corey, then they have a, a way to attack you, weaponize that Corey against you. Right. They, you need to explain yourself like you're a child, something that happened 20 years ago, you have to explain it, you have to re-explain it, and then you have to apologize. It's just belittling and humiliating. It's a handicap, brother. Right. It handicaps us from taking advantage of anything that's positive and, 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 and worthwhile. It's almost like once you get a Corey, you're dead. Right. You know what I'm saying, and 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 that's what what happened to second chances, right? You know, uh, brothers, third chances, third chances, brothers and sisters out there asking for a second and third chance, made a mistake, realized that, and now they're trying to change their life around, and here's the quarry in the way. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the variables, brother Law, that. Uh, establishes a person getting a Corey. What are some of the things that you think uh, beyond not getting a solid education that impact people's behavior that ends up with them standing in front of a judge and being fingerprinted because you have to be fingerprinted in order to get a Corey. That's right. That's right. See, if, you, if you're not fingerprinted and you get arrested but you're not fingerprinted, you got a shot of getting a job, of getting housing, of getting an education. But if you can't get an education, you can't get a good job. You can't get a good job. And if you can't get a good job, you can't, you can't get an apartment to pay for the rent. You can't get an apartment. You can't pay for health care. You can't pay for necessities. You can't access nothing. At all. At all. That's going to improve your situation, your circumstance, and it's going to carry you forward. Corey stifles and marginalizes us. And there's too many of us that have been stifled and marginalized for too, too long. Well, the law came into effect in 1972. 1972. That's so that's 50 years now. Yeah, that's long enough. Right. That's long enough, brother. And it has been nothing but counterproductive for people to be able to rebuild their lives, take care of their families. It's a law that we don't even hear our elected officials that's supposed to be representing for the betterment of the community. They haven't said a word. And that's painful. That's very painful. Because they see the results of the Corey, what the effects of the Corey has on brothers and sisters. Because we live in these neighborhoods. We live in Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan. And most brothers and sisters, unfortunately, have had some encounter with the police and ultimately led to them getting fingerprinted, getting their mugshot taken and being prosecuted and convicted of a felony. Yeah. Um, that's what, that's, that's what uh, a, 
that's when the Corey comes into play once you've been convicted of a felony. Well, no, not exactly. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Once right. you get fingerprinted, because you're right. A lot right. of time, police officers call themselves doing their job. I'll go through them projects and see some kids bunched up, just bunched up. Yeah. And begin to question them. Yeah. And the police officer uh, can ask you for your identification. Right, right. He can do a pat down for weapons. Uh, those kind of things are called non-intrusive. Right. And they happen every day, all day. But if the person that doesn't know his or her rights begins to question why the police officer is doing what he's doing, that leads into another level of conversation that can become hostile. Yes. And and and, and what happens is 99.9% of the time it does become hostile. And you are confronted, let's say, with because you don't live there in that area, in that building, you can be charged... Trespassing. Trespassing. Now, police officers don't have to take you and get you fingerprinted for that. But a lot of times, a lot of times, they 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 have you taken down and then they take your fingerprints. Yes. And it becomes a part of their central database for Corey. People that have quarries, police officers right now can stop you, ask you your name, go to the computer that's in their car, and if you give up the right information and you have a quarry, it's going to pop up. It's going to pop up. And yeah. now you're in a situation where you may be prejudged. Oh, you are going to be prejudged. Okay. You are going to be prejudged. And you're going to be looked at as a criminal and a suspicious criminal forever. All right, and that's what the, that's the that's the byproduct of the Corey. You are a criminal. You're always going to be a criminal, and there's no second chance for you. And Which, that's why we have to change that law. We, that's what breaking the law and changing the law initiative is all about. See, see, in order in order for the state of Massachusetts. To give our returning citizens a real, real bona fide second chance, the Corey has to be eliminated. Corey's got to be eliminated because it doesn't do anything for anybody. No, it's not a productive uh, measure to reform anybody. What it does is it just maintains you. Keeps you in the cesspool of despair. There you go. WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. Boston's community radio station. This is us, the other page. My name is Haywood Fennell Sr., and our guest today is Brother Lowell Ward from the Build, Building Black Better Initiative. BBB is here in the studio with us, Lowell Ward. Yes, sir. We also want to let people know that the Stanley Jones Clean State Project is involved in this process of breaking the law and changing the law. We're going to be reaching out uh, and working with Brother Lowell with the Building Black Better Initiative. Uh, we're going to be on Facebook. We're going to be online. We're going to be on change.org and doing all of that to wake people up capacity bill to empower them with the education that they need to have to demand and command that the elected elected officials that came to our community saying what they're going to do and haven't addressed criminal offenders records identification also known as the Corey Law. Yes, and it's, and it's very unfortunate that our politicians, our, our leaders in the community haven't voiced their opposition to this Corey um, as much as we're trying to do. 
what we need is their support and endorsement to abolish this evil, evil piece of legislation. Well, you know, uh, Brother Lord, so that our listening audience can understand uh, the extent of our strategy building, uh, you and I talked about uh, the Black Ministerial Alliance and its presence in court reform, where mm-hmm. all these churches, these congregations, and these parents feeling ashamed that their children may be in jail, have been in jail, and the church is not responding to the eradication of the Corey Law. Because, look, if you got a thousand people and they are receiving $20,000 because they can't get a job, a thousand people times 20,000, if I'm not mistaken, that's $2 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, if you take that and multiply it five times, just let's say Boston, Chelsea, Worcester, Springfield, Lowell, that $2 million to take care of people that you would deny the opportunity to get a job, to get an education, to get housing, that would be $10 million. Yes, absolutely. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I believe that five times $2 million is $10 million. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing, if this is occurring, and I believe that it is, Brother Lowell, I believe that this is a situation of apathy on the end of the clergy and other religious organizations and the government with this Corey law wanting to make us tax burdens instead of taxpayers. Well, and and you're 100% right, brother. And it's unfortunate, but our youth are the most vulnerable that's right. For the Corey Law, because they, they attacked our youth at a very, very young and vulnerable age. Um, the Corey Law, we, 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 we know that we have a wide uh, economic gap in, in, in our neighborhoods. And um, because of that gap, um, our, some families are struggling, um, barely making it, doing what they can to get by. And barely making it, barely making it. And, you know, as a child, you, you, you want things, you, um, you yearn for things, but unfortunately because of the status quo, your parents can't get everything that you want. Right. And they take it upon themselves because you can't find, really find a job at that age. They take it, they're, they're gullible and, 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 and their behavior changes, their behavior changes. And, and, um, they're not thinking. No, they're not thinking. They're stinking. Right. And they break a law. Break a law. Un- unknowingly or, 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 or you know. Unknowingly, unknowingly. Yeah. Thinking they're not going to get caught. Right. Knowing that they're not going to get caught. But they do get caught, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And um, they might get caught again. Right. And again. And again. Um, mm-hmm. Now we have a case where you go into uh, the youth service board. Uh, you're going to do some juvenile detention time. Not serious about the time you're getting ready to do. Yeah. And and you don't realize what you what what what, what situation you're really in. The process has started. Yeah, you're, you're in a dangerous situation. A dangerous, situation. very dangerous situation, yeah. brother. And a situation that can carry with you for the rest of your life. And right. we need to start educating our young people very early on right. the dangers right. of getting a quarry. Okay, we're gonna hold you up right there, brother. Lowe. We're gonna come right back. This is the other page. Uh, Radio WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. We'll be right back with our guests. And we want to talk about a little, little bit about those people that um, get their records sealed. Be right back.
Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. The Oscar Micheaux Family Theater Program is a Boston nonprofit. They hope to teach the importance of community service through the art of theater, looking to establish a year-round community-based family theater organization with full theater productions by people from the community. For more information, you can visit www.oscarmichaudrep.tripod.com. Yeah, we're right back with that information on the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program. This is the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell Sr. Uh, this is WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. And my guest today is Lord Ward. We're talking about things happening in our community, Boston's community radio station. Well, I just want to enlighten you and expand a little bit on the ad about the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program Company. And we have some real, real, real good news. Uh, we met last week with Reverend Dr. Emmett Price, uh, department head of the Afrocentric Music Department, and uh, they will be collaborating and helping us do some revisions with our play the Harlem Renaissance revisited with a gospel flavor to uh, raise our production values that will include having hip-hop as a part of our music genre and to teach and reach and empower as we entertain, as we educate, as we do what we know we can do because we are who we say we are. We are the descendants of a stolen people, stolen from our country, from the motherland, Africa, young people crammed on a ship, stored in the basement of the ship, the belly of the ship in chains, branded, shipped away, our names taken, our culture taken, everything but our spirit. That's right. We are now moving from being in the African diaspora to being scattered by the wind in all those countries, Brazil, Jamaica area, the United States, the Dominican Republic, all those places, and we mingled with those people, and we mixed our blood, and we mixed the blood of our so-called captors, for we were never slaves but captured. We were never allowed to speak our language. We were never allowed to called each other by our names. We were given names. We were given a language. Our skin color, our hue changed because of the rapes done to our women. And the color line changed. Our features changed. Everything changed, but not our spirit. And so... When you see people that look like you but don't understand our history and we don't understand theirs, that's a division that we got to try to work on because we are from the same source, Africa. But because of the language barrier, and the lack of leadership around insisting that our children that live 
and attend the Boston Public School, learn a second, if not third language, which is an artificial barrier because we can't communicate with each other so we can't become strong. And so in looking at that whole perspective, we find ourselves divided in these communities. And because we can't learn together, we suffer together. We form gangs and create different kinds of behaviors that bring us into the courtrooms and to end up with what Brother Lowell is here to talk about today, a quarry, a law that is in place to disfigure, to disfigure any opportunities of being involved as a law-abiding citizen. Because when you are not a law-abiding citizen, then you are a law-breaking citizen. And Brother Lowell, coming from Bill Black Better Initiative, is here today to talk about the people that have quarries and have forgotten to help the other ones because the people that had the quarries and stood up and went downtown to the DOC of wherever and got their record sealed should be standing with the people that have quarries. Is that right, Brother Lowe? That's 100% right, and that's what we need to do is spread information throughout the community. A lot of brothers and sisters aren't aware of their rights, aren't aware of the law, um, or unfortunately um, are working two or three jobs and don't have no time to do any research or anything like that. And they need to know the law. They need to know the law. And in the long run, they end up suffering because they're too busy trying to make ends meet that they can't have, they don't have a spare time to really get the facts that they need to move forward. Let me tell you something, Brother Lowell. I remember I was trying to organize, let's say, the recovery community because the recovery community, as you know, are people that have had some history with substance abuse and mental health disorders and also been involved with the criminal justice system. So I decided that I was going to run for elected office. And Brother Lowell, I just knew that the platform that I was putting forward, that everybody began to look and understand the dynamics for change is that you got to believe that you can change. Right. right. I believe that I could gather enough votes of people who have been restricted and excluded by criminal offenders record identification law, the Corey. Brother, you are fortunate, brother, because you are an educated brother, and because you took the time to educate yourself to change your way of thinking. See, we can't, we can't do anything until we change our way of, until we change our mindset. Thinking. Right now, right now, a lot of brothers and sisters don't have any hope. They've been oppressed. All they know is oppression. All they see is oppression. All they do is oppression. And all they feel is oppression. Right. So, they, so, so their hope is, 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 has really, really need to be regenerated, has to be reborn. And one of the ways to do that is to let them know that Bill Black Better is here for them. We're trying, we're, we're supporting them. We're, we're getting the information out there as quickly as we can. We're trying to lead them to the water where they got to go to straighten out their quarry, where they can go to begin to process to sell your quarry. I'm in that process right now, actually. And... What I did was I went right down to one Ashburton place. One Ashburton place. Listen now. That's the commissioner of probation at one, one Ashburton place. 
I went in there, and I asked them. I said, I want to seal my quarry. And they gave me a form to fill out. And the lady said, well, fill this form out, and um, you'll hear something back in, in about 10, 14 business days. And I filled the form out, and I heard back. Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't my time to um, seal my record. Did you do this recently? I did this about a year ago. Okay. And and in fact, I'm I'm coming on. Uh, I'm coming up to the uh, point where um, I will be eligible to seal my. And refile again. Yes, and I'm gonna have to refile again. But this is the trick, brother. This is the trick. Okay. Messing with the criminal justice system, they have all kind of tricks to keep you enslaved and, and, and to keep you from empowerment. And one of the uh, ways they get around um, sealing your quarry immediately is they hit you with that probation. Mm. And one of the things is with probation is once, and, and the probation is usually on and after your, your sentence. Right. So once you come out of prison, you've just served five years for the crime that you committed, you're on probation five years from and after. Mm. So now you can't sell your quarry. Mm -hmm. So you're released from probation. Which is five years down the road. Right. In five years, you have to get rejected. Let me interrupt you right there, Brother Law, because we want to give this information out. Correctly. Mm -hmm. You can, after being on probation stipulated by the courts for a certain amount of time, for instance, if you uh, have a five-year probation and maybe three years or two and a half years, you can petition the courts to terminate your probation with the approval of the probation department. Yes, you can ask for that support. But right. as the law stands right now, right. you can seal your record after five years mm -hmm. of being arrest free mm -hmm. and that's for a felony conviction. Right. You have to wait five years. For a misdemeanor conviction it's three years. Okay. You have to wait. Um but like I said, if you on probation or anything like that, you have to do that probation first before you can even begin that process right. to seal your record. So let me just also uh, talk a little bit more about the courts and your being sentenced. Okay. A lot of times when people are being sentenced by the courts and if there's uh, family involved in uh, there hasn't been any support from the defendant. The court will put in fines and fees that you have to pay. Yes, yes. See, and you're already indigent. Right. And they're going to assess more fines and fees to keep you indigent. And you can't get a job that will take care of those kind of expenses because you have a quarry. You can get a job. You can't get a decent job. You can, you can get a job at Popeye's. You, yeah. can, get, you, you can get a job. That's not going to pay, though. Right. You can get a job at Burger King. That's uh, not going to pay. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's why you got to work two and three jobs. Right. You know? If you can get them. If you can get them. Because See, a lot of people now, if you go to Popeye's, if you go to Burger King, if you go to McDonald's, you will see a lot of young people, mostly women, mostly mothers from foreign countries mm -hmm. making that work. Yes, for them. For them. Yes, yes. But if you look at how many people of African-American descent reach out and seek those jobs as opposed to the people that are working those jobs now? Mm -mm. No, we don't we don't want to work there. No. We 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 deserve better and we should have better. Well, quite frankly. If you if you're saying that, then 
You got to be educated. You got to be prepared. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm not going to hire you because you say that, well, I've been here longer than somebody else, but somebody else might be doing some things like working, building their bankroll up, got another school. You can't build no bankroll up if you don't have a job. If you don't have a job, you don't have an education. Right. And so. And you got a Corey. Oh, my goodness gracious. My goodness gracious. We'll be right back. This is the other page. We'll be right back, radio. We'll be right back. Are you a veteran or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Got to talk a little bit about the veterans now, folks. You know, veterans are an overlooked and underused community resource. I am fortunate to be a member in a position of leadership of the Veterans and Friends Committee for the General Edward O. Gordine Statue Committee. I know that a lot of people probably are riding by uh, the little park across the street from Boston Police Station 2, and I've seen the heavy equipment operation going on and the, <clears throat> the topography changing because it's getting ready for our organization to put the statue of General Edward O. Gordine in that park and to, you know, really make it look nice and honor, not so much of the general, who is to be honored. He is a man that, wow, he did a lot of things. And uh, he uh, graduated from Harvard Law School. He's a veteran. He also is a silver medalist winner from the Olympics during World War II. He was an attorney for the United States government before he became the first black Superior Court judge in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And that statue was designed by the late Fern Cunningham Terry, an international sculpture and artist, a wonderful lady. And we are so honored to have raised almost a half a million dollars to not only create the statue and to put it in place and work with the city of Boston's park department and other city of Boston offices, but we are planning to create a curriculum for the students in our community to learn their history because if you don't teach them the history, how can they learn it? The correct history. Right. Now, Brother Lowell, you see that they're talking about cultural cancel and cancel culture. Could you kind of explain what that is? Well, I'm not I, I would like to uh, just th just touch on um, the, the the this critical race theory uh, band, right? And um, you know that's just a ploy, a ploy. Yeah, that is a ploy mm -hmm. to not talk about the real history of America. 
right. the real truth about how the black man and the black woman have been treated historically in this country mm-hmm. and how we continue to be mistreated in this country. They don't want to expose that history, that truth. And that's why they want to ban critical race theory, right? which, in fact, Brother Haywood, critical race theory is not being taught in any schools currently. Um I've seen a lot of, I've read a lot of information. I've heard a lot of people condemn critical race theory. But when they asked where they teaching it at, they can't, they can't give you no, no venue. They can't give you no teacher's name. They can't give you nothing other than the fact that they want to ban critical race theory. Just like they want to ban that book. 1691. There you go. 1619 Project. 1619 that's all, Project. That's all tied into that critical, which is not critical race theory, by the way. Um, Nicole Hannah-Jones is not a critical race theorist. Um, she wrote that 1619 Project in collaboration with the New York Times. Right. Um, had nothing to do with critical race theory. But they'll, they'll do anything they can do. Anything. To lump that together so that they can abolish both the 1619 Project and exposing the real truth of, of this country. And, and, and that's one of the things that they don't want to do. They don't want the truth be known about how they really, really, really treat black people and how they, in, in fact, still treat black people today. You at the last segment, at the outset of the last segment, you described our experience of being brought here from Africa as slaves um, over 100 years ago, my brother. And unfortunately, not too much has changed since then. Now, to just have a, a different complexity for uh, slavery, quote unquote. Slavery is just renamed mm-hmm. as mass incarceration. Slaves are renamed. Could as, you repeat that? Could sl- you repeat that? Slavery has just been renamed as mass incarceration. Slaves have been just renamed as people with quarries. And the beat goes on in their eyes. Right. right. We, in fact, brother, imagine yourself walking down the street with a big, big, red, bright target on your back. Mm-hmm. And everybody walks by you, looks at you, judges you, comments on you, and you're, you're trying to, well, what, what did I do? What, what, what am I, you know? But you have this target on your back that you've been labeled. And that you are a target. Yeah, that you are a target. You've been stigmatized. And there's no way of getting around it. There's no way of escaping it other than to fight it. Let me just say something because, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a pretty observant fellow. I really am. You know, I watch people, man. And I, I watch what they do. I listen to what they say. And I don't want to think anybody, I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to tell you what to do. But I am trying to tell you what to do. I want you to think about some of these churches and some of these so-called preachers that need to be teachers. They're supposed to be teachers supposed to be teachers that would allow our people to believe that a political system that has laws to keep us down is the way that we should be going. Yesterday, or or, or Monday, the United States Senate just approved a law that's against lynching, that make lynching a law enforceable by the federal government. That was on the books until the first of the week. In 2022, we had a law on the books that said that we were not protected under federal law from lynching. Mm, mm, mm. I want you to really understand what we're talking about when we're talking about the Corey Law and the ramifications. Why we must change our direction 
why we must demand justice and not capitulate into a situation where we think that employing one person in a position of uh, authority or making a lot of money is all we need. We, we need more than one. We need a whole lot more qualified people because if you're not qualified based on your education or your skills, you're in trouble. You might get it, Corey, because of how you respond to your environment. Schools getting rid of superintendents every other year from out of town, that's not helping us. That's hurting us. If, oh. you, if you allow the Curry Law not to be challenged, what is that, Brother Law? Listen, you and I know full well that there is talent in our communities. We got brothers and sisters that are running over with talent, tripping over talent. But because of our skin color, because there's a certain segment of society in America that does not want us to succeed, that wants to keep us downtrodden, we are being held back by a system, an insane system, that says we are worthless, that we are nothing but thieves and drug addicts, and we don't deserve any better. We don't deserve any better. We don't deserve any better. In other words, we're savages. Let me just interrupt you for a minute. Let me just interrupt you for a minute, brother. Because I don't want our viewing audience to think that we're supposed to put, point our finger at the white man and not point our finger at those that have deliberately misguided, misled, delivered us. Their own people look like us, think like other people, do for themselves and not for the community. No. And and and, and that's what has been happening to us historically. Every brother ain't a brother, and every sister ain't a sister. Say that again. Say that again. Every brother ain't a brother, and every sister ain't a sister. And if you don't understand that, then you better get yourself some information about what's going on in our community because when you go through Dudley, and I'm saying Dudley because I remember when they used to have some kind of enterprises down there that made us a part of an economic system that we are no longer a part of. We changed the name, but we didn't change the game. We don't even own a candy store. It's pathetic. Our current economic system in, 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 in this city is pathetic. We, you, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, you're right, brother. Uh, in the 70s, let's say, uh, Boston had a thriving business community thriving we had we had entrepreneurs of every make yes we had we 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 had entrepreneurs from shoe shiners to managers that's right and you can't even get a shoe shine you can't get a shoe shine you can't walk in the barber shop you can't walk in the pool hall there's none of that no more you don't have the infrastructure to create a healthy outline because everybody that owns the business, for instance, in the Nubian Square area, are not American-born. What happened? What happened? We don't know. We, That's why we're talking about it. We, have, we, ha we do know this, though. We do know this. We do know that we have no wealth. We do know that we can't compete fairly and equitably. We do know that we have targets on our back. We do know that our communities are marginalized. And we do know that our brothers and sisters that have been fortunate enough, intelligent enough, have made it. And have, some of them. Some of them have made it and have forgotten about the rest of us. Yeah. And see, no other culture does that. 
but us. Right. You know, and that's the tragedy. Right. No other culture does that, brother. And we got to get out of that mindset. What we do know, what we do know, what we do know is that the mayor, Michelle Wu, created a plan so that you can ride the number 28 bus and the number 23 bus for free. Yeah, but what does that got to do with me being free, bro? That's what I'm talking about. What is that going to do for me? That's to what be I'm free? talking about. That's exactly my question. We need more tangibles than 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 charity. We we're not asking for charity. We have always been a hard-working people. We have always been industrial people, industrial-minded. We 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 just need access, full access, right to the resources yes. that this country has to offer. Let me just tell you this here, right? Let me just tell you this. Uh, this is WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. You're listening to The Other Page, brought to you by Triad Veterans League Incorporated. Not Incorporated, just Triad Veterans League, excuse me. My guest today is Laura Ward, uh, lead researcher for Building Black Better. We are here today, but Brother Lowell, I want to say this to you. I went to uh, Lynn and came back to Boston and made a wrong turn and ended up in an area that was so rich. I mean, the port area here in Boston where Anthony Spear used to be. They have shops down there. They have skyscraping buildings. They don't have any black businesses there. I think they have maybe one or two. It is built luxury apartments. All the luxuries are there. Now, come back into our community. Come back into our neighborhood. You see between Northampton on Washington Street up to Marlena Cass in Washington Street right there where the buses park, the school buses, there are three condominium buildings, one on the corner of Thorndike and Washington Street, the other one on the next street that Grant is on, and on Lenox Street, they're building six stories. Unbelievable. The people that are in grant housing are struggling for tenants' rights so that they can have some say about the development of the grant manor housing, and they're not getting it. These developers have come into our community and built what they want and not what we need. So I'm going back to the the port situation where they got all these riches and now they want to take and not build anything economically sound so that we can have wealth generation in our community and they want to build condominiums. Well, they want us out of here, brother. Oh. They want this neighborhood back. Say that then. They want us out of here. They want this neighborhood back. And they're doing anything and everything that they can do to displace us. What about the politicians? What are they for? That's what I'm saying. What are they for? Um, I haven't heard uh, anybody voice opposition. I haven't heard any sustained... Strong opposition anyway. Right. Sustain, sustain opposition to these people that call themselves developers, and they're developers only because they have enough money and enough banking from the, enough backing from the banks. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now the city has taken the public housing, and they're placing that in a uh, well. We we don't want to do that no more. We want the developers to come in, and the banks are loaning the developers the money to make these changes. And we don't have anything to say. Did you say they want us where? Out of here. Oh. We're in the way. 
Mm-hmm. We're in the way of their plans, and they have to displace us. But more importantly, brother, it's this it's, it's, it's not that they're any greater, any better. Um, it's that they have access, like I said earlier, to the resources which they refuse to give us. But See, you got some people that take the crumbs from the bums, but instead of asking for the crumbs, we should just take the cake. Yeah, well, you know, you know those those people. You know, they they they. It's unfortunate, and 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 you know they do exist. They 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 get these butter biscuits. Yep. And uh, you know they they run with it. To be quite frank, they get the butter biscuits or get them a little bag, and they take off. They we forget, don't even have. They forget about us. We don't even have any say in our development. Our people watch people that come from other communities that don't look like us, that drive their cars in our community, park their cars, go on these construction sites, work, get back in their cars or their vehicles and drive past us, and we don't get any jobs. And and, and that's just another example of how the black community is being viewed by people outside of the black community. Did you say viewed? Yes, sir. I said viewed because they view the black community as a place where corruption. We don't need nothing. Vice, drugs, crime. Right. They don't need nothing. They don't need nothing. This is all they are, savages anyway. This is what they deserve. Now, with that attitude and mentality, they come into our community and they do whatever they want. Break, because we do crime on each other. Right. And they break, We don't value ourselves. Nor do we value our community. Mm-hmm. They break the laws. They come in, break the laws, and go right back out. And I'll give you a perfect example. Mass cast. Mass cash is a direct outgrowth of being a victim of Corey's, mm-hmm. first and foremost. That's secondly, right. secondly, if you was to take a consensus, if you was to take a poll uh, amongst the mass cash uh, population, you would find that a lot of people down there aren't even from Boston. They're from the surrounding communities that would not tolerate or put up with their behavior. Let me just interrupt you now because we're winding down, but I just got to say that those people that were parked along Mass Ave in that area who had those tents up that their parents bought for them, well, those were some nice tents. They have found other places. Yeah, but them, them, them tents are for camping, brother, not for homestead. Look, <laughs> that's okay. I, don't, I, don't, I know what they use them for. Yeah. All right? I'm I'm saying that those people are still in our community and while you may need a free pass on the 28 or the 23 bus the address of treatment on demand has not been dealt with Corey reform is a must Economic development and changing how the criminal justice system works has to come soon. We can no longer expect politics within itself to save us, Brother Lowe. Absolutely. There's nobody going to save us but us. We got to save ourselves. Ain't nobody coming to help us. After 100 years, brother, ain't nobody saved us yet. They ain't coming. Guess what? They ain't coming. Well, it's been a real... Real pleasure having you on today, Brother Lowe, from the Build Black Better. Thank you, brother. It's been my initiative. Pleasure. It's been my pleasure as well. Talking about from breaking the law to changing the law. And that's what we gotta do. A we healthy gotta, conversation. We gotta use the law against them, which we can do, brother. We which gotta you? lose use the law not so much against them. But we got to use the law to for ourselves. Us. Right, to benefit us. I'm sorry. Right. You, yeah, that's the correct that's way right. to phrase it. We got to use the law to benefit ourselves. Now, 
We got to go. We have to. We have to. We have to get educated, brothers. Brothers and sisters, one of the key things that's going to get us out of this trap is education. All right, now, don't forget that. We'll be back. We'll be back. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much. This has been the Elder Page Radio, WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. Help a veteran today because we need it. Thank you. Take care. Proceeding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708. 3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.